Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode, a 2-0 preseason episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Noah Strackbine, joined always by the wonderful Donnie Droon. And before we get started, make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and of course, follow your favorite podcast host at Noah Strack, at Donnie Droon. Donnie, how's it going? Noah, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 2-0. and I mean, if you're waking up today as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I don't think you're upset at all. We saw a lot of really good performances last week. Sorry, not last week, last night. Um, two more preseason games to go. I mean, it sounds like we're going to get some big Ben Roethlisberger next week, so that's really exciting. But kind of focusing on last night, a lot of good performances, um, at least in the second half. First half was a completely different story, but we'll dive into it. <laughs> 2-0 at the end of the day. Nobody cares about preseason records, but, I mean, Steelers fans have to be excited about something they saw last night, right? Yeah, and I, honestly, if we're going to talk about the the opening and, you know, maybe Mason Rudolph didn't shine as much as we hoped he did and Najee Harris really didn't do anything, but Jordan Berry kept it a punting competition. Let's be real. The man said, oh, you're going to bounce one inside the one? I'm going to bounce one inside the two, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it again. Jordan Berry, man. A quick clap for Jordan Berry. Yeah, uh, quick claps for Jordan Berry. I uh, surprise. I, I I I really think he was like, nah, bro. Like I'm not getting cut. Like I, I got kangaroos in the backyard to feed and shit. Like <laughs> I, I can't I can't let this slip from me, bro. I can't no, let no it slip way. from me. So shout out to him. Uh, I I thought he down the stretch in 2020. I thought he played good enough to kind of earn that starting job again. Uh, heading to 2021, the Steelers go and draft Presley Harvin. And then Preston Harvin looks like the second coming of Jesus Christ, you know, punting a football inside the one-yard line. And now Jordan Bear retaliates. So uh, Preston Harvin has 24 hours to respond. And then we'll we'll go from there. There's two two more games. There's two more preseason games left. And if Presley Harvin comes back, balls out, has another great game, and then Jordan Berry finishes off, the preseason with an excellent performance. I don't think you cut either. Though. I think you go into the season and you say, eh, maybe we don't need a kicker. Maybe we'll just go for two all the time because neither of them, I'm telling you, that's the most, you want to keep somebody with a chip on their shoulder, you know, screw Kevin Dotson, not getting the starting job or Dwayne Haskins having to earn reps in front of Mason Rudolph. You keep Jordan Berry and Presley Harvin, the third on this roster. Both of them will be the best punters in the league. All season long, guaranteed. Bro, what what you have to do is you have to get both of them like in the backfield at the same time on fourth down, and then oh, just yeah. spread them out. And like you don't know who's going to kick. How do you game plan if you don't know who's going to kick the ball? You have you can't. You cannot do it. Cam Canada is good enough to to snap it to whoever he needs to snap it to. I'm telling you, best. This is Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, quarterbacks, running backs, left guard. I don't care, man. The punting competition is so real in Pittsburgh and shout out to Nick Soma 
it, we all kind of wanted Jordan Berry to suck last night, but there was a lot of us that the second that ball landed inside the two, we were freaking out. And I was freaking out. And I think everybody else should have been freaking out. But you want to know what we were freaking out about before Jordan Berry took the field? Joe Schobert, if I said that correctly, a former Pro Bowler with the Cleveland Browns inside the AFC North, is coming back to the division in black and gold. A trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars happened right before the game. Mike Tomlin wouldn't confirm it, but we kind of knew from the smirk on his face that this was the real deal. Plus, Schobert's wife, Megan, was tweeting all about it before the game. The Steelers add an inside linebacker. He's 27 years old. He's a pro bowler. He's great in pass coverage. What are your thoughts on the trade? Yeah, Schobert was a guy who originally playing in Cleveland gave Pittsburgh a lot of problems whenever he was with the Browns. So I think to get a player at his caliber for what's being reported right now as a late round pick uh, has to feel pretty good if you're a Steelers fan. Um, 7.3 million is his, the money he's due this year. It's his cap hit. So um, not necessarily the, the money you want to spend at that position, especially if you go out and you cut Vince Williams for monetary reasons. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like Schobert is head and shoulders above the kind of guy that uh, Vince Williams is. And shout out to Smitty in the chat. It's showtime now. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Dude, put that on a uh, around the 412 t-shirt and it's going to sell like crazy. It is going to sell like crazy. <laughs> we want – Donnie gets at least 10% of the profits. Anyways, <laughs> Jacksonville no, – I mean, Schobert's a very good coverage linebacker. You know, he's Mm -hmm. an athletic dude. And that's something you really didn't have besides Devin Bush. I mean, we all like Robert Spillane for doing what he did against Derrick Henry. But even last night, Robert Spillane didn't look phenomenal in coverage. And, you know, I I, I think Schobert will greatly help in that scenario. You know, will he go out and cover every tight end and run him back in the league? No, I I feel like that's an impossible task to ask of anybody playing inside mm-hmm. linebacker in the NFL. But Schobert definitely upgraded the inside linebacker room. And for a team that's trying to, you know, at least make a Super Bowl push this year in 2021, I, I think they're pushing their chips in the middle of the table and saying, let's go. So I, I think that I, I wasn't even going to touch on the Super Bowl run, but that's a great point. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing everything they can. They're saying, Ben, if this is your last year, we're riding or dying with you. And that's fine. That's how they should be. We've said that from the get-go, that if this is the year you put all your chips on the table and you say, we're all in, we're going to get seven. Look, Schaubert, for one, when it comes to the financial side of it, I've heard reports that Jacksonville is keeping some of the salary, which is huge. And even if they don't, I get that it's a big cap hit, but the Steelers have room to work with, and everybody kind of felt like there was going to be another move coming. Well, here it is, and it fills probably their biggest need on the defense. I get the whole nickelback situation, but I think you have options there, and I also don't think that that's as big of a liability as if you have to start Robert Spillane all the time and if you're relying on guys like UG3 as your backup. And I think that's where a major concern came in is that, Spillane cannot cover, and your coverage options behind him are Buddy Johnson, who's a rookie, and he's looked good, but he's still a rookie, and UG3, who has looked awful all summer long, who probably won't make the roster, and then there's Marcus Allen, who's a special teams ace. So there's just not really there's not really enough going on for them to say we're comfortable in this situation. I don't even think they were comfortable in the situation when it was Vince Williams. But yeah, the addition, fantastic, playing along Devin Bush. Fantastic. And at 27 years old, the dude's still got time left. Plenty of time. Yeah, and I, I think regardless of whatever price tag he comes with, and you you are definitely correct about them, uh, sorry, them as in Jacksonville, eating some of that salary portion going back to Pittsburgh. 
anytime you can add a player of that caliber for uh, what's being reported as a late round pick right now, you do it. You, you, oh, you, yeah. you don't think twice, you do it. This is why you carry that extra bit of cap space before the season. I'm, I, now I think the Steelers are sitting somewhere around like four or five million. And that's with the full 7.3 million being kind of like taken away from their total cap, salary cap space. Exactly. So it, it, it works out. Kevin Colbert, man, we've clapped up Jordan Barry. Let's clap up Kevin Colbert too. A phenomenal, phenomenal pregame for Kevin Colbert here. That was probably the biggest win. No, nah, I take that back. You want to know who was the biggest win in Philadelphia? Not the Steelers, not Joe Schobert, not Kevin Colbert. It was Dwayne Haskins. The man came out here and said, hey, I'm going to make it a competition. I'm going to make sure that Mason Rudolph isn't the only number two thought of on this team. And for everybody out there who's talking about "Eh, maybe Dwayne Haskins doesn't have it, I'm going to prove that I do. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins? Dude came out here, went five for five on his first touchdown drive. And now we're, we're balling out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought Haskins, he got off to a bit of a slow start. I mean, he uh, my problem with him is Haskins feels like he needs to just like pitch a fastball every single time he throws the football. Mm-hmm. And in some scenarios, that's just not what you need to do. Um, but it, after he got settled, which is only like a couple plays, I thought he looked fine. I, I, I thought he showcased some of the talent that the Washington football team saw whenever they took him in the first round a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, that that beautiful pass he had down down the uh, seam to uh, the, the, the first of four touchdown drives he led and marched Anthony the Steelers down. down. Yeah. Um, sorry, four scoring drives. I thought he looked great. I don't think Mason Rudolph had a bad game per se. Because I also think no. Mason Rudolph looked pretty decent, but I mean, if you're forcing me to pick a winner for my side, it's obviously Haskins. Now, when we talk about how much of the gap Haskins closed from Mason Rudolph, I don't think it's a substantial amount, at least from just game two by itself. But he, he did There's make progress. He, he did, did make progress. Had that Haskins did. did ball out. He did ball out. That's coming from a guy who doesn't necessarily like him. He did no, well, and, and I. You're not a Haskins fan. I'm not a Haskins or Rudolph guy. No, I, I'm not a Dobbs dude. I'm not a Haskins dude. I'm not a Rudolph dude. I'm I don't think dude. anybody is at this point. Uh, I, Twitter would surprise you a lot. Yeah, you know, very true, very true. Twitter seems to love Dwayne Haskins, but that's a whole other conversation. But I, I think, look, Dwayne Haskins obviously still has a long way to go, and I think anybody who's going to be the number two quarterback in Pittsburgh still has a long way to go. Mike Tomlin said it best that this is, you know, well, obviously we got to keep watching and this competition's far from over, but Dwayne Haskins, if you're a number two guy, all you want is to carry as much momentum with you as possible. We're not talking about the franchise quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're talking about who's coming in. If Ben needs some time off. And right now Mason Rudolph is showing just what he showed in 2019. I cannot lead a touchdown drive because nobody around me wants to rally when I'm on the field, when Dwayne Haskins is on the field, this team is fired up. Anthony McFarland's running through dudes in the end zone. That should not happen. Jalen Samuels is having good games. That should not happen. Rico Bussey is making a case for himself. That should not happen. Dwayne Haskins is turning a group of misfits into a team that comes from behind when you're down 16 to seven and you win a ball game. I mean, 
I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say that he won the number two job. It's easy to say that he earned the opportunity to play higher reps, maybe during practice or at least in a game. I get Ben's playing next week, but the, at bare minimum, he's got to start before Mason Rudolph at some point in this preseason. Yeah, and I feel like the Steelers will do what they normally do. Um, they'll let Ben play like solid amount in game three. And then uh, week four, if there's ever like a, a quarterback battle, like we saw with Josh Dobbs and Landry Jones a couple of years ago, um, they'll let them kind of duke it out in the final preseason game. So what I would really like is to see Dwayne Haskins start either the third game, which isn't going to happen because Ben's probably going to play some, or start the fourth game, which probably should happen, just so we can see what Dwayne Haskins looks like against like starting players. And I think that's something we also need to remember too. Mason Rudolph isn't leading – four drives in a row that end up in a score. But Mason Rudolph has played every single snap against starting caliber defensive players, whereas Dwayne Haskins has played against twos and threes. And you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but there's a very big difference. There's a fine line between the people that Mason Rudolph has played against, and there's a fine line between the people that Dwayne Haskins has played against. Now, granted, I, I that, be, that. Granted, granted that being said, you, you can't control who you play against. You can mm -hmm. only control who you play it, who's out in front of you. And Dwayne Haskins played a lot better than a lot of people thought he would, considering you know the the deal that he came on last summer, not last summer, mm -hmm. last winter. I'm bro, I, I'm I'm just saying, I really want to see Haskins against starting caliber defensive players, and then we can go from there. Me too, and I agree that he does need to play with the first team. But yeah. look, it. Mason Rudolph, if we're gonna, if that's what we're gonna say, then Mason Rudolph is playing a mix of starters and backups with his four starting wide receivers, a first round running back, and four out of five or three out of five starting offensive linemen. The dude should have led at least one touchdown drive. And everybody can say whatever they want about going seven for eight for 77 yards. To me, that's not a good game. And like, I'm not a Mason Rudolph hater. I think that Mason Rudolph carries plenty of potential, but I think that Mason Rudolph has no urgency and no oomph to get a team to win behind him. And that says a lot. Dwayne Haskins is carrying nobodies to the end zone right now. And you could say that's against the second team, whatever, but he's still working with second team. You can't name one person on that offensive line that Dwayne Haskins played behind, except for Kevin Dotson. And that goes for 90% of the people out there. The dude should not have played as well as he as he did. And honestly, if we're going to be real, most people wouldn't be able to tell you the wide receivers that were on the field if you weren't paying attention to training camp. Most people wouldn't be able to tell you who the offensive linemen were outside of Kevin Dotson. And yeah, he had Anthony McFarlane and Jalen Samuels, but up until last night, all we were talking about is how Anthony McFarlane still has to prove a bunch and Jalen Samuels is getting cut. So yeah, he played nobodies, but he worked with nobodies and he led them to three touchdowns. That that doesn't say a ton, but it definitely so, says something. What I will say is that I think there's a difference between Haskins being on the field and Rudolph being on the field from like a leadership and energy perspective. That's something you just touched on. Um, I, I, I don't feel like Mason Rudolph carries that kind of like team like urgency, like confidence, you know, mm -hmm. like after, like after Rudolph dropped that dime to Deontay Johnson uh, deep down the right side of the field early in the game, you didn't see a whole lot. You saw Mason like smile. You saw him point and whatever. 
cool, whatever. You're out there doing your job, fine. But like whenever Haskins like started dealing and he started making these really good throws, like you saw him getting hyped up, like you saw him like high fiving teammates and kind of like flexing towards the sideline, like all, all of that good stuff you want to see from a leader on the field, he was doing. Now, granted, like Big Ben doesn't have to do that in year 18 or year 17, no. the the third decade he's played in the NFL. Yeah. But young Ben did that. Exactly. Young Ben was shooting to shooting to finger guns in the AFC Championship game against the Denver Broncos in 2005 after you know he threw a touchdown pass, right? Exactly. So it, it, exactly. It, it's just it's little things, and I'm, I'm sure we're dissecting and looking too far into it. But there's still two preseason games left. I'm really interested to see what they do with Big Ben, kind of like factoring into the picture now, because you know Big Ben he's gonna need snaps. He you know he can't go yeah. in to the regular season rusty, right? So, like, how do you configure all of that? How do you determine who plays what quarter? I mean, you have four quarterbacks. Do you play them all one quarter apiece? Like, what do you do? I think that Ben gets two series max in the next game. If I had to limit it, I would say two series. Absolutely. I I wouldn't even be surprised if he played one series. And then whoever comes in, whether it's Dwayne or Mason comes in, and then that third guy, which if I had to guess, I would say – this time it's Dwayne getting the backup job and he'll play three or four series, probably take it to the second quarter or at least halfway through the second quarter. And then Mason's going to play till the fourth and then Dobbs will come in and do his thing. But at the same time, Dobbs did not look good at all against the Eagles. And I think that at this point you're kind of looking at him and going, okay, he, you know, definitely lost some reps. So maybe Mason plays a little bit longer and Dwayne plays a little bit longer and Josh gets, kind of the short end of the stick, which stinks because I think Josh Dobbs carries a ton of potential with him. But you have to see between these two. And it, look, it, you made a great point. If Mason Rudolph comes in here against the Lions and just balls out, has more time than Dwayne does and balls out just like Dwayne does, now we have a conversation. Okay, maybe it's just the fact that the starting offensive line is atrocious. Or it's the fact that you're playing with a bunch of starters. I get it, but a bunch of starters who don't really care because it's the preseason. And then you have a bunch of guys who are fighting for a roster spot real hard that are looking to ball out. And maybe that's just the case. But if Mason comes in here and plays with the third team and they do nothing or they do little, I think at that point you're looking at it and going, Mason's not a guy who's going to be a backup. He's not a guy who's going to be a starter because he has the poise of a starter. When you listen to Mason Rudolph talk and when you watch him on the field, you look at him and you go, look, it. Mason's a dude who feels like he's been in the league for 10 years. He knows everything. He knows how to say everything. He knows when to say it. He knows when to react and when not to react. And he knows how to handle the media the whole nine. Dwayne Haskins looks like a dude who's coming in here and going, I I have one opportunity to get my NFL career back on track. I'm going to make the most of it. Mason looks like a guy who's had it handed to him. Dwayne looks like a dude who's fighting hard to keep it. And that's what you need as a backup. You, you can't have a Landry Jones. You need a Duck Hodges. And that's that's what Dwayne Haskins is. He's much better than Duck Hodges, but you need a Duck Hodges. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I feel like Mason's not the kind of guy who's going to go out and throw for a crazy amount of yards and just like march the Steelers to victory, man. I, I don't think as a pro quarterback that's what he is. And I think we're seeing that in the preseason. I think – I think he kind of knows himself that he, for at least a very long time, is the number two guy in Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. even with Haskins kind of, you know, crawling up underneath him and trying to take that spot away from him, I, Mason looks like a guy who's playing like he has to protect the number two spot. He's not going to do anything crazy. 
He's not going to try to, you know, audible with the passing players every single play and go for 300 and a quarter and a half of a preseason game. He, he's not that kind of guy. And I, I think Dwayne Haskins has a little bit of a uh, more aggressive mentality when it comes in. I think Haskins offers obviously a little bit more in terms of the mobility department. But no, I, I think Do- not Dwayne. I think Mason Rudolph knows where he sits on the depth chart and he's playing his cards very, very well in terms of not doing anything wrong per se to protect that lead. Because through two preseason games, I don't think we can say that Mason Rudolph has played bad, right? No, no, definitely and, not bad. Mason Rudolph. But also, you can't say that about Dwayne Haskins either, you know? Yeah, exactly. The only person you could say has played bad so far is Josh Dobbs in last night, in last night's game. But besides that, I mean, it, look, at this is a tight competition. It's going to stay a tight competition. My point is, is that if you're a number two guy, you don't want to be a, a veteran NFL guy. You want to be, unless you're a Joe Flacco, you want to be a guy who's going to come in here and spark something when need be and lead a team to victory when you shouldn't lead a team to victory. I think that's Dwayne Haskins. You want to know who else? set some sparks off against the Philadelphia Eagles, a number of guys. But we're going to start with edge rusher, second-year guy out of Notre Dame, Jameer Jones, who went back-to-back sacks in the preseason so far, forced an interception to Justin Lane. And if you're making Justin Lane look good, you – you, I mean, I don't even have words. Put him on. That's, put, put, him put him on. on. That's what I'm saying. If you're making Justin Lane look good, you're doing something that most cannot do. So – Shout out to Jameer Jones. I like what I see from him. Does he really have an opportunity to make this team, though? Man, if he if he can continue how he's played, mm-hmm. and especially against the Eagles like he has, how can you not put him on the 53, especially with that effort? And I think that's what it all boils down to is effort, man. Like, Jameer Jones was out there, like, sideline to sideline, doing his thing, you know, getting to the yep. quarterback one way or another. I feel like he was around the football a lot the entire time he was in the game last night. Dude, there's a lot of things he can coach. There's a lot of things he can teach. Effort is not one of them. And I feel like Jameer Jones played like he had his hair on fire, bro. So I, I respect that a lot, and I'm, I'm rooting for him. But I, I, I hope he makes a 53 if he's going to play like that. Played like he had his hair on fire. I love that. Um, I agree. I think that Jameer Jones is a dude who right now, I think him and Quincy Roche give you the best opportunity as – Deep death, depth, excuse me, because obviously Melvin Ingram III is going to be your first guy off the bench, and he's going to be the only guy who plays quality reps on defense outside of TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. But Quincy Roche and Jameer Jones are guys that can be here for the next 10 years and look really good being here for the next 10 years. They could be Melvin Ingram after Melvin Ingram leaves or you know, worst case scenario, maybe TJ Watt doesn't get a deal done, which we fully expect him to, but maybe he doesn't, or maybe Alex Highsmith in four years isn't that guy anymore. I don't know. These are good guys to have behind it. And this is the question. Will Cassius Marsh be the odd man out if Jones makes the team? The odd, yes. It's got to be yes. Cassius Marsh looks good and he's not playing bad, but he's an older guy. He's playing just as good as the rest of them. I think that you have to make him the odd man out. And I think he's the only one that would slip through waivers so you could, you know, potentially let him land on the practice squad if they allow veterans back on the practice squad. Yeah. Oh, looks like we uh, lost Donnie here for a second, so I'll keep it going. Would Cassius Marsh make the team? Look at When it comes to the edge rusher. Oh, oh, he's back. Can Donnie, are we there? We lost you for a second. Keep it going. You're here. You're here. No, I, I, I was just saying, I feel like with Cassius Marsh, we already kind of know what he is 
mm-hmm. as a defensive player. Um, whereas guys like uh, Jameer Jones or Quincy, Quincy Roche, excuse me, um, are just kind of like tapping into what they could potentially be. And granted, like, I, I don't think you or I expect them to be like starting Pro Bowl caliber guys year in and year out. And that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but when, when you're kind of like trying to put the final pieces of the puzzle together for the final 53, you're looking for guys with upside, especially at a deep position, like the outside linebacker position, where the Steelers have right now. So, yeah, I think Cassius Marsh is unfortunately the odd man now. I know um, he had to, he, he's made a couple of plays throughout his career for the Steelers whenever called upon, but he never really showed that week in and week out he can be that guy if they needed him to. And that's just unfortunate for Cassius. No, honestly, it's a pretty short conversation. Cassius is a guy who's a veteran. He, we've seen where his peak is, we've seen where his floor is. It's good, it's fine if you're the third guy off the bench. That's not what the Steelers are looking for. A month ago, that's what the Steelers were looking for. And Cassius would have been a dude who you're like, okay, he's sticking around, but Jameer Jones and Quincy Roche are probably going to still play too. Now you're just looking at it and going, nah, Cassius Marsh doesn't really have a spot on this team because the veteran guy's already here. It's Melvin Ingram. You're not going to keep, you're not going to bounce your sixth round pick or a guy that you just found that could be the next James Harrison as an undrafted guy and keep a guy who, you know, we already know as good as he can be. So Cassius Marsh, definitely the clear man out. It's unfortunate, but honestly, I'm super excited to see what Jameer Jones can do moving forward. He's a tiny dude. I don't know what his, like, what his numbers are, how big he is, but he looks like a tiny dude. He's just so, so fast. And I think I love that about Jameer Jones. Who else shined? Oh, you have one more thing? Go for yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, did, I, I was going to touch on the, the who else shined train uh, because I, I don't have a ton of people for that on the defensive side of the ball. I have a ton of people who didn't shine on the defensive oh, side of the ball. If, if, we love if, to hear if it. Cool. Okay, great. Um, Cam Sutton torched, bro. Cam Sutton did not look good last night. And it's it's a one game sample size, but like he does not have the speed on the boundary to keep up with those outside receivers. I think you have to bank on a guy like James Pierre playing on the outside. Is that a one game reaction? I don't know. feels like I'm on first take right now. Uh, Cam Sutton (laughs) didn't look great. Terrell Edmonds, I feel like has not improved at all. Terrell Edmonds got worse. Terrell Dude. Edmonds has gotten worse. Terrell Edmonds is a linebacker playing safety, and like it's- yeah, but he's not a good linebacker playing safety. He's worse than Devin Bush. That's it, that, Terrell Edmonds is a guy who a lot of people were like, "Is this Terrell Edmonds last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers?" It better be. It really better be because well, Terrell Edmonds is bad. always like right there. Like he he's always by yeah. the football, you know. But he's but always he, the he, last guy to hit the guy with the football. Like he's always right there, but he's the guy's tackled, and then Terrell Edmonds makes a play. Um, Trey Norwood also got torched. Terrible angle on that touchdown. Terrible angle. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Quez Watkins for the Eagles is fast. Like, he's a fast dude. Do not get me wrong. But, like, as a safety, your job is to cut down those angles and be that kind of last guy who can get to a receiver like that. And, Mm -hmm. man, like. I have a theory that Trey Norwood did not want to tackle him. I have a theory that Trey Norwood (laughs) – saw how fast he was moving and realized he doesn't have that strength to take that guy down and got a little shy and backed off a second. That's, Yo, that's my theory about it. I, I think probably that's what it looked like. And I, I put it right in my 10 observations. I'm, I was pretty certain that Norwood totally was just like, nope, not happening. Uh, and then the final guy, Ulysses Gilbert, did not look great last night. I, I feel like he got worked multiple times in coverage. I, I saw a couple missed tackles from him. 
Yeah, UG uh, three doesn't look great right now for making a team. I know he, um, you know, our boy Smitty is really tight with him. So shout out to him. Uh, yeah, but, but it doesn't matter. UG three is not making the team. You keep it, Marcus Allen because of the special teams. You keep Buddy Johnson because he's a fourth round pick. Sorry, not happening. Not happening. Is that your list? It's a good list. Yeah, yeah. For for the uh, defensive side of the ball, yeah. Then I just had a couple of notes about the offensive side of the ball. So go, go finish finish up anything you had with the defense, and then we can kind of come back to the offense. I'm good on the defense. Let's go to the offense. All right, cool. Yeah, that starting line atrocious, bro. Like that We're that can off. never happen again. Um, you know, Chooks looked terrible. I mean, at this point, I feel like Dan Moore is a better option. We have two games left in the preseason, so maybe I can be proven wrong somehow, some way. Uh, Chooks looked bad. So. Coward didn't move the needle for me at all. Kendrick Green looked fine. Trey Turner and Joe Haig on the right side of the offensive line. Please never let that happen again. Preseason, yeah. not, bro. That jo- Joe Haig needs to go. Needs. <laughs> there has never been a moment since Joe Haig has arrived where you're like Joe Haig has done something good. Not one moment. And Trey Turner, I th- like look at. I don't want to say like Trey Turner looked bad because Joe Hag looked bad, but I I hope that's what it was. I hope that Joe Hag was so bad that Trey Turner couldn't do anything. But both of them, atrocious. Chooks, not the guy. Not the guy. If Chooks was supposed to be the starting left tackle over Zach Banner, I'm really worried about what Zach Banner is about to do as a starting right tackle. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Hopefully we get a more solidified offensive line for the final two games, knowing that Ben's going to be playing in them. Uh, I thought Najee Harris looked a little bit more comfortable on the field. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't play superb last night, but I, I feel like he's kind of like still getting himself adjusted to the game. So, and I, I think I noticed a few like minor things with him. Um, so, you know, just finally getting those preseason games underneath the belt. I mean, you can only do so much in training camp where you're not exactly um, being drilled from guys who are trying to make a, a living in the NFL week in and week out. Um, yep. So I thought he looked fine. I thought Rudolph looked a little bit more comfortable too. It was super nice to see Deontay Johnson out there and kind of remind all of us of why he has so much upside and why there's so much potential with him as well. I know a lot of people were, were hating on him. I was one of those people throughout the offseason. But, I mean, if he can go out and he can play like he did last night, I think he can shut everybody up, including me. Um, Anthony McFarland's effort out of the backfield was phenomenal. and I, I can't say enough about how he's played this preseason. I think – some guys, after you draft a guy like Najee, some guys will fold. They'll they'll get pissed. They'll kind of do whatever. Then other guys rise to the occasion. I feel like Anthony McFarland is definitely one of those guys. Kevin Dotson looked great. I mean, Grand Ailes against second and third stringers. But, I mean, like we said earlier, you can't control who's out in front of you. You can only do your job. And Kevin Dotson did the damn job last night. Kevin Dotson and, earned yeah. whatever Mike Tomlin needed him to earn. Mike Kevin Dotson, it was Dwayne Haskins had the best game in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. Kevin Dotson had the best game of a Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lineman by a mile. The dude came in here and said, this is my Super Bowl. I want to be the reason that the Steelers are good at running the football again. And every time you turn towards Kevin Dotson, he was making a play somewhere. Screen passes, run plays, does not matter. The dude earned first team reps. Mike Tomlin ate his words. He wouldn't admit it after the game, but he ate his words. Kevin Dotson, stud, stud. And then my my last note I had for the game, I don't know if it was just me, but like I feel like we saw a nice bit from Juju during the game. We saw a nice bit from Deontay. I feel like Claypool, whether it wasn't just like the lack of targets, but I feel like he didn't do a whole lot. No, Claypool is a guy that I, I'm still a little skeptical about Claypool. I think that yeah. he's going to be good, but I think that for one, he's focused on way too many things right now. He's focused on 
being an NFL superstar, building his brand, becoming friends with Juju, you know, finding a rhythm with whoever. I just think that there's way too much going on for a second year guy who hasn't proven himself. He needs to look at it and go, I'm just trying to be the best wide receiver in football. And I don't think he has that mindset. Again, I don't know that this is all skeptical. And, you know, if he hears this, I'm sure he's going to be real upset about it. But Chase Claypool is a dude who worries me because I just think that there's a lot of distractions around him. And maybe Pittsburgh's not the place to be as a guy who's easily distracted. And he seems to be easily distracted. Yeah, I mean, this is going to sound weird coming from like a five-line white guy, but I feel like Chase Claypool could do a lot more with the the frame he has on his body. I mean, th- this dude should be just coming down with 50-50 balls like Calvin Johnson, the, the way he mm-hmm. towers over people, especially in the secondary too. I mean, there, there's so much potential, and I think that's kind of why it's almost a little bit disappointing to talk about Chase Claypool in that light because like everything's there for him. Like the physical tools are there, the attributes are there. I mean, the the quarterback to throw him the ball is there. Like, there's really not a whole lot working against Chase Claypool besides Chase Claypool, and I think that's probably the most frustrating part. Yep, I think – I don't know. I'm not – I'm going to leave Chase Claypool as a question mark this season. I don't think that he makes the second-year jump that guys like Anthony McFarlane, Kevin Dotson, and Alex Highsmith do, and I think a lot of people are going to be like, no way, that's not – that can't happen. It, watch. I think it's going to happen. But at the same time, I don't think Mason Rudolph's the dude that's working with a with a wide receiver like Chase Claypool. I don't think they mix well, and I think that could be it. With Ben on the field, I think maybe we see something different. I don't know. Ooh, I I, I did have one more thing written down uh, before we do wrap up. James Washington conspiracy theory is, is he actually hurt? Is, is, yeah, is yeah, he's he hurt. Moved? He's hurt. I, yeah. I watched him. Uh, I watched him go down. He came off the field, put a big bag of ice on his knee. He's walking mm. around the next couple of days with a brace. Tomlin says it's a couple of days. I don't think he gets moved, although maybe, big maybe. I think this third preseason game says it all. If James Washington gets moved, it's going to be because he has no role with Ben Roethlisberger on the field. So I don't know. Before we wrap up, Donnie, we have one week tomorrow until the Pittsburgh Steelers play at home, their preseason home opener at Heinz Field with fans. Let's go. What are you looking for this week heading into their game against Detroit? Uh, I want to look and see what the actual stars are going to look like. I'm, I'm looking for if Kevin Dotson's going to be slid into that starting role or if Tom's going to kind of keep him in the basement for a little bit longer. I want to see how Big Ben looks after another quote unquote phenomenal offseason from him. Um, oh, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, did, I just want to get like a, like a general feel. For what the Steelers are actually going to look like in 2021. Because, yeah, you know, it's great seeing all these guys get their opportunities. You know, it's great seeing you have at whatever positions you may be looking at. But at the end of the day, whenever week one comes around, we're going to be watching the same guys over and over again. I want to see what those guys look like. You know, I want to see how they play together. I want to see what they do in certain situations. And I feel like week three is going to be a really good time to see that. Hopefully, TJ Watt will be on the field because he'll have a brand new contract extension with commas out the wazoo in his bank account. Do you, you don't think so? I don't think he gets the contract this week. I think he does get the contract before the season starts, but I don't think it's going to be this week. At the same time, I think that that I I feel the exact same way, and I think it starts on Saturday when the team returns to Heinz Field for training camp. I want to see Kevin Dotson in the starting lineup. No more excuses. I want to see Zach Banner back pretty much 100%. It's time. If the, if the offensive line is going to do anything, they have to have – the best chemistry possible Yep, starts with Zach Banner being on the field. I want to see Anthony McFarlane on the field a lot more with Najee Harris. I want both of them on the field. And, you know, I want to see the defense. I want to see what's going on 
with Joe Schobert. I want to see if Cam Sutton can play on the inside. And I'm telling you, James Pierre is a name to keep watching because eventually I think there comes a time where the Steelers go, our best option is for Cam to be on the inside. And I think this week is the week that they give that a shout out. Shout out to everybody who tuned into another great episode of All Steelers Talk. We're your host, Noah Strackbine and Donnie Droon. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Twitter and Facebook, and of course, follow your favorite co-hosts at Noah Strack at Donnie Droon. We will be back next week to talk everything Pittsburgh Steelers and their upcoming game against the Lions. Until then, have a great weekend. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adi Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adi Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adi Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.